This podcast is intended to motivate, educate, support, and inspire you on your journey towards inner peace. We are not medical professionals, and we do not offer any medical advice. If you are suffering from a psychological or medical condition, please seek the advice of a licensed medical professional. Welcome to A Witch, A Mystic, and A Feminist. I'm one of your hosts, Christy, and I'm joined by Marlena. Jamie is not with us on this episode, but she'll be back super soon, not to worry. We're going to be kicking off this episode by first talking a little bit about the origins of this podcast. So with that, I'm going to kick it to Marlena. Hello, everybody. And hi, Christy. Hi. (laughs) So before we dive into our topic today, I wanted to give you a little background on how this podcast came to light. So one day I was hiking and I was thinking of the conversations that I have with my girlfriends, not the superficial ones, but conversations about what's wrong in the world today, conversations about spiritual aspects in life. And sometimes these are fun for me, conspiracy theories. (laughs) (laughs) I was just thinking about shit that I like to talk about and somehow it popped into my head to start a podcast. So the spiritual community would call that a spiritual download. In that very moment, I called it a very stupid idea. (laughs) (laughs) So one of the main reasons is I have a huge fear of public speaking. It's debilitating to me, but I have an even bigger fear of putting myself out there or even putting my business out there. And so I was like, why Why would that even come into my head? So it took about a month. I sat on this idea and I was like, okay, maybe this will just go away. It wasn't going away. <laughs> so then I finally had the courage to bring it up to both you and Jamie. Yep. And then I brought it up to my husband and then I brought it up to my mom, who for those of you that don't know, happens to be our producer all of whom thought it was a great idea. And I was like, God, why? Why is this a great idea? (laughs) Did you want one of us to be like, yeah, I don't think so. (laughs) I really did. So what I did next was I consulted a medium. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do the spirit guide reading. And my spirit guides will tell me, no, that wasn't us. That was just a stupid idea. No, no, that's not what happened. So I end up having this reading. And one of the topics that came up during the reading is this podcast. So my guides, and let me get my notes because they were very specific. My guides said that part of what Jamie, Christy, and I are supposed to do is not only heal ourselves, but we need to assist in healing the collective. And this all centers around the balance of masculine and feminine. We're here to get women in their power, but in the correct power, to be in the light, not be in our egos, and in our higher unconditional love space. And part of that is all of this jealousy crap that women do. So that is our topic for today, the competition between women, as well as actions we can take to break the cycle and support one another. So, Christy, picture this. You're at a party, and all of a sudden, this stunning, beautiful woman that you don't know walks in. What do you do? Um, my current age 
and my <laughs> my current being. Um, if there was something like particular about her that really was stunning, like I don't know, her hair looked amazing, or her makeup looked amazing, or she all looked amazing, all of her, I would probably find a way to walk up to her and just compliment her. You know, it doesn't have to be a long conversation, uh, but just compliment. Maybe not her looks, but I don't know. I've said much less. I've said you're stunning to people before. <laughs> I've right. said, I've complimented yeah. people's, you know, your makeup looks so on point today. Your eyebrows are amazing. Whatever I, I am drawn to, I will compliment them. If it's something where she's commanding a room and I want to be a part of it, then mm-hmm. I find a way to kind of, I don't know, to chatter up and see what she's about. Right. That's That's me currently, but I'm also fairly... I've come a long way. I'm not going to say I'm fairly secure, right. but but I am, you know, when I was younger, um, <laughs> let me pause for a moment. But when I was younger, I would avoid her. I would avoid her okay. completely, which comes off to other women and other people as snobbish and standoffish mm. and rude, right. right? When really I just didn't have the confidence or the security in myself to even give her a simple compliment. I just, I didn't know how to be right. And so I would be standoffish. And then a lot of times that would end up, people would, you know, finally meet me or we'd finally chat and they'd be like, Oh my gosh, I thought you were kind of like, kind of snobby, you know? And I'm like, I'm like, really? I'm like, no, I'm just like, I don't know, just me over here, you know, by myself. (laughs) And then, you know, I also used to gossip behind their backs. So if I was feeling really insecure in the moment or even insecure later on. And we were talking about this stunning woman, like in a conversation between you and me when I was younger, Right, we were talking about it. I would probably break her down. I would pick on something, you know, her makeup was cakey or, you know, like, right. did you notice her, I don't know, her cheap shoes. I don't know. You know, I would, I would pick on the littlest fucking thing and gossip behind her back. So those are the two differences now. I mean, I've grown, you can tell. <laughs> <laughs> but, but what well, would you, know, you do? 46-year-old <laughs> me, yeah, current me, I would do something very similar. Either, well, first I'd probably watch her walk in the room and be like, damn, she is beautiful. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then, you know, pick my job off the floor and be like, okay, go about my life. Right. But also find a way to approach her and, and compliment her, compliment mm-hmm. her on, on whatever it is. Um, oh, God. Old me. Like twenties, me. I'm I'm so embarrassed to even admit this. It's so cringy, but you know, you you start to do the work. Or even as we were researching this topic, I was just like, "Damn, what would I do?" And so, (laughs) as she walked in the room, I would first size her up. I'd look her up and down, and I would find any flaw, and I would find a flaw. Because you'd be, I would make up a flaw, but you know, (laughs) I would find something. And then I would do at least one of three things. If Vince was with us, I would immediately walk up to him, give him a kiss to stake my claim. Okay. Look at her, make sure she saw, and then probably be on his arm the entire night standing guard. Okay. Like that. Yeah. That was insecure me. (laughs) Right. You know, that was insecure in my 20s me. Mm -hmm. The second thing I would do is get with my girlfriends and immediately start talking shit about this poor unsuspecting woman that didn't do anything. Right. And 
start talking about like what you're saying, the flaws that I found, you know, she's either wearing too much makeup or she's not wearing enough. Mm-hmm. Her dress is too tight and she's showing too much cleavage or she's wearing something frumpy. You know, her shoes don't match her dress. I mean, something stupid and right. superficial. Yeah. Okay. But then I'd end up talking shit about her all night. But I, at that point, felt really good about myself. Mm-hmm. And then the third thing I would probably do would be insincerely and in such a fake way, go up, introduce myself and, you know, because you keep your friends close and your enemies closer, right? I'm sure that uh, there are plenty of you out there going, yeah, I've, I'm guilty of that too. Yep. And, and just as women, we've been on one side of the coin or the other mm-hmm. at one point in our lives. Yeah. So I mean, we've, and we're guilty of those snap judgments too. You know, like, right. I mean, I'm guilty of them all the time, <laughs> but I'm trying to be better. It's not just women. It's just like making judgments. But back in my twenties, those snap judgments occurred much more frequently with women and right. not even knowing the person just based on what I saw, what was presented in probably 10 seconds. Right. And then- right. <laughs> And then the cattiness started. Right, exactly. And and that's the thing is women can be so catty. Mm-hmm. But why do we do this? That's the huge question. Why do we do this? You know, right. part of it is primal instinct. Yeah. You know, there's the intrasexual competition, which is competition between women over a mate. Yep. So you we said- sit there staking your claim, right? Yeah. Like, and standing guard by Vince all night. Like, this is exactly. my man. You can't have him. For me, I still think my husband is super attractive. But when I was in my 20s, dude was super hot. And so I was just like, I need to stand there, stand guard at all times because I was so insecure. And I was like, this is my man. You right. are not coming anywhere near him. Don't even look at him. You know, and it's like my way of trying to intimidate somebody else. It's like, no, you are not coming anywhere near my man. And then also making him feel guilty being like, why were you looking at her? It's like, right. cause she's gorgeous. Like I, how, how do I not see that? Now I'm just like, oh dude, she's gorgeous. He's like, oh yeah. yeah. I'm like, Okay. Come on. Let's back to Moving life. On. I'm, yeah. I'm going to go talk to my girlfriends now, or I'm going to go do whatever. Yeah. Not in a negative way. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. With the intrasexual competition, you know, women tend to do certain things like self-promotion tactics, which can be perceived as self-improvement. So we put on nicer clothing, Mm -hmm. especially when we're single and trying to find a mate. Yeah, true. You know, you dress a little nicer. Sometimes you dress a little sexier, you put on makeup, you get your lashes done, you get your hair done, you get your nails done. One of the things, and I'm back at another cringy part, there's luxury consumption where women try and show off their higher status. So so explain that to me. Yeah. So I'm going to give you an example and okay. of how I am so guilty of this. So women will buy things luxury items to deter other women who are perceived as a threat to show them that they have a higher status. So when Vince and I got together when I was in my 20s, Vince and I dated when I was 19. We split up for a number of years and then got back together. So when we got back together, I bought a BMW. Okay. 
One of the reasons was I was also going through a divorce, and that's a whole nother podcast in itself. <laughs> but I bought this because I was like, okay, one, I'm showing off my status. Okay. It's kind of deterring other women that are, quote, less than. Okay kind of thing. And so I was like, okay, well, I have this badass car. My husband here, or well, he was my boyfriend at the time, but boyfriend here, he sees that I have this really nice thing. And and so other women that show up in there say, you know, Honda Civic, it's like, <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's okay, it's I one it. of those things. Okay. Um, in my professional life, I walk around with my Louis Vuitton purses. And this is why I'm like, oh, so cringy. And then I recognize that this is why I do it. I am a professional and I am successful. And how do I show that? How yeah. do I show someone that just by looking at me? Gotcha. Well, here is my nice handbag. Yeah. Here's my nice handbag and here's my, you know, luxury vehicle and God, I'm so pissed <laughs> off at myself right now. I'm like, it's, okay. it's just, it's one of those cringy things where I'm like, am I that superficial? <laughs> or at least was I, you know? But, now, but you recognize it. So you, yeah, you know, it's one of those realizations where I'm just kind of like, oh, yeah, I did that. I'm totally yeah. guilty of that. You know, other women will get plastic surgery to make True. themselves more attractive. Botox, huge thing. Yeah. Sometimes women do that though. And I just want to say this, women will get plastic surgery to make themselves feel better. Yeah. But, you know, a lot of times they'll do that again, trying to find that mate, that, mm -hmm. that primal instinct. Um, and then also there's the female der derogation. So, like is like we were talking about gossiping. <laughs> yep. And I'm just so guilty of being a shit talker about someone who I either feel inferior to. Mm -hmm. And I would never admit that in the past that I was inferior to anybody. But a lot of times gossiping, that's where that comes from. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. That's just, it's your insecurity kind of what, what do I bring to the table? They bring 5 trillion different attributes to the table and I bring two, right? Or that's just how you're feeling about yourself. Right. <laughs> so you break them down and not that you should. I used to break them down, but yeah, that's where that comes from. Yeah. So we sit there and we criticize other women. We sit there and gossip about them. They're not as successful or they're not as pretty or they're not as this, they're not as that. Trying to make them sound unworthy when in fact we are the ones who are feeling unworthy and that's why we're doing that. Yep. And then another thing that that women do, we slut shame. So we sit there and we talk shit, we criticize for what's considered unacceptable sexual behavior. You know, she sleeps around or she cheats, which makes her look bad to potential mates. Mhm. Yep. So those are some of the things that in our primal instincts, in our intrasexual competition, those are things that, that we do. Yep, just to find and stake our claim to a, a mate, which really don't have to do too. I mean, it's not the same as it was <laughs> when you really right. had to lay claim to your mate back in the day <laughs> with your ancestors. Right, exactly. So, 
Yeah. So that also leads us into the patriarchal oppression of women. This is when I wish Jamie were here because she's our feminist. This in itself just still pisses me off. (laughs) Well, and like the slut shaming falls under this too, right? Because like I know a lot of women that want to take back we don't need to slut shame. We don't need to shame somebody for having a healthy sexual life, right? Right. Um, but the double standard between men and women is still very prevalent. And so in order to break that down, we can't slut shame. We have to say, yeah, it's fine. Do what you want to do. It's your body, your choice. Go for it. <laughs> and- right. Because it is fine. But back back to the patriarchal oppression of women, it's still alive. I mean, mm-hmm. we see it. One of the things that when you think of that, you think of women being the property of men. Yeah. So back in the day, women were the property of men. Daughters were the property of their fathers. Their fathers would trade them or pass them along to their husbands Mm -hmm. for five chickens, (laughs) two goats, and a motherfucking cow. Yep. And if you think about it today – When a father walks his daughter down the aisle and gives her away to her now new husband, I mean, why is he giving her away? Because that was his property and now it's yours? Like, you know, these are still (laughs) things that we're doing today. Yeah, it's part of the tradition of a wedding and – even if you don't believe in it, it still gets done, right? I still see right. it happen all the time. But yeah, you're not the property of your <laughs> your dad or your father anymore. Uh, right. You're your own person. So with that, also back during that time, women were not seen as strong. We weren't seen mm-hmm. as competent. We were not seen as capable as men. And a woman's place was in the home or a woman's place was in the kitchen or a woman's place. It's there's a woman's place or that's men's work. That's women's work. Everything right. was divided. Yep. Men are smarter. Men are more successful. Men are this, men are that. Yep. I just totally growled. I just totally growled. But now you take us to today. We have been so conditioned to think this way, both consciously and unconsciously, that we're sitting here and we're taking on these beliefs, these beliefs that cause women to end up judging one another mm-hmm. and under underestimating one another to increase our own power, like my own power. So I will sit there and I will underestimate you and, you know, judge you to make myself feel better, to make myself feel more powerful in this male dominated culture. Mm -hmm. And that's prevalent at work as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's seen a lot in, in businesses. It's it's just so frustrating. No, it completely is. And the, you know, the community of women, because of all of this, because we've been conditioned and because we're still breaking each other down and because we're still slut shaming and because we're still, I don't know, believing in the patriarchy. I'm, I don't even know if believing is the right word, but- Or um, being conditioned. Being, just being to conditioned To believe these it. things. Yeah. I mean, the community is fragile, right? And um, it's hard to create meaningful connections with other women especially if this is how you've been conditioned your whole life. I didn't have really great 
friendships with women until Mm -hmm. my 30s. Uh, I mean, same. Yeah. So because I had to work through all that cattiness for myself and I had to, you know, grow up a little bit. Um, But I also had to identify like what, what's going on here? Why am I breaking all these women down? There's got to be some good women out there. And there are, you just right. have to find them and you also have to trust them, right? You have to be vulnerable with them. You have to build right. each other up, all the things. Okay, all the I things. All, all the my, things. I'm done with my rant. You can have it back. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like, and going back into work culture, because there are so very few women at the top, I mean, and even to this day, the firm that I previously worked for, 70 attorneys. Okay. 12 of them are partners. Two are women. Mm-hmm. That says it right there. And you're talking about like CEOs and C-suite positions. There is still a very low percentage of women that are in those types of positions. Right. And so because of that, women and myself included, I'm totally guilty of this. We end up emulating the characteristics of men. We take on that masculinity. We do. Yeah. It's just kind of frustrating. You know, I know for myself, I was very masculine in my, in my career and the way I managed and the way I did things for so long, trying to be one of the guys, making sure that I fit in, sticking with that status quo. You know, now I'm a lot more compassionate And not that I've become too compassionate, but still trying to find that line Uh um, where I am both, where I can step into my feminine power, but I can also step into my masculine power Uh and I don't have to be masculine all the time. Right. Yep. Well, and proving that you can be a successful woman (laughs) in your femininity, right? Right. In your career, in your business. Um, which is very hard to do. Like you said, it's, you know, you end up kind of joining the boys club and trying that route. And then sometimes that works out for people. Sometimes it doesn't. And I applaud you for, (laughs) for trying to balance both. It's (laughs) it's hard. It's seriously. It is. But one of the things that ends up happening is as we are, we being women, Mm -hmm. you know, in those positions of power, we end up not helping those that are coming up because of that patriarchal thought process, Mm -hmm. those beliefs. We are told, I mean, even in fairy tales, that there can only be one one queen (laughs) in one castle. Like you can't have multiple queens in a castle. So there's not room for both of us. Right. There's only room for me. And so now I'm going to step all over you. Mm -hmm. To get to the top and to stay there. Right. Yep. And that's such a shitty thing. It really is. Because if we took the time to mentor those women, take the time to teach them, take the time to school them with what you've learned in your time and what you've had to go through to get where you are, right? Right. So that they can learn probably from your mistakes and they can create their own path to the career that they want. Um, Because a lot of times... In a workplace, I see things withheld. I see information mm-hmm. withheld, especially women to women, right? Like, why right. Wouldn't, why wouldn't you share that you had a really tough time getting to be CEO as a woman, right? Like you had to right. you had to 
put aside your family and to do X, Y, and Z just to get that position. Why wouldn't you share that with the people and the women coming up behind you so that they knew and they know it might be tougher than they think, number one, or maybe you've paved the way. I mean, it just, it's just sharing. It's just, it's information, it's teaching, it's mentorship. Um, and I don't see that happening a ton. I really don't. No, not at all. And one of the reasons why women don't share that information is it's also that feeling of, well, I paid my dues. You have to pay your dues. Right. I get that. You know, but it's not right. Like it's we, not. you know, I mean, we get it because that's the generation and whatnot that we grew up in, but it's not right. Like people, it is not right. <laughs> It's not, especially for purposes of this podcast, like we're trying to make the world better. We're just trying to right. help. So, Because this is such a big topic, we have had to break this up into two parts. Thank you so much for listening to part one of Women in Competition. Tune in next week for part two as we continue our conversation. Mm-hmm.